All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Man vs. Marriage, episode 10. That's Diaz in Spanish, or Diaz, Diaz, Nueve Diaz. Here you go. Epi- little, a little uh, bilingual, multi- multicultural excitement there, episode Diaz. Um, so episode 10, here we go. Look, check it out, guys. Check it out, world. Check it out, globe. <laughs> um, episode 10 is going to be really interesting it's going to be completely raw we didn't have any pre-talk any pre-plan we did not have any um structured notes to go by Um, i wrote a few thoughts down but this is not how we do a normal episode why is that because if you if you're just jumping in on episode 10 do us a favor and pause and run back to episode 9 it's 48 minutes but give it a listen because the end, and it's more like the, the last 25 minutes of that episode, I had an epiphany. Before I say anything about that epiphany, welcome, Coach Rita. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, also, my lovely wife, Jeannie, is in the studio, and uh, you'll hear from her shortly. Um, so, Rita, we'll get into what episode 10 is about. Episode 10 is called Reality Check. Yes. Because the end of episode 9, we talked about... Me in a car with my wife, her love language, and what I assumed I knew and then kind of talked myself out of and then found out that it was what I originally thought. So I thought I knew something and then justified it away. Or use my tools to justify it away. And then got in a conversation with my wife and figured out it was what I originally thought it was. So that's like some Twilight Zone stuff there. <laughs> that makes any sense. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain. So um, how do we set the stage here? I mean, since we're just really doing it in the moment, should I recap the story? Yeah, because it all started with a question that you had for me in what transpired. So I think just to go back with the question, Hey Rita, what do I do about this? Or how would you approach this? Right. Right. So that's what I'll do. I'll just take a quick few minutes to, to throw it all out there. So, um, years ago, uh, one of the coaching tips that Rita gave Jeannie and I was learning each other's love language. And I know that we're going to do at least one episode, maybe a three-part series on what the love language is all about and how you kind of identify that in your partner. And I've got to tell you, that love language deal was so eye-opening and helped me, um, helped me on my quest to get to know my wife a lot better. So her top love language, the way she receives love the most quality time. Right. And we had been through, um, we had been through a couple of ups and downs or several ups and downs when it comes to the quality, quality time and what the definition of that is. Cause I had a way I defined quality time and she had a way she defined quality time, but I kind of never took the time to ask her what her definition was. Cause okay. what I was doing was defining her language through my filter. And what good is that? Right. You know, so, um, so it's like, if, if it's her love language, why not ask her to teach you how to speak that language? 
that uh, looking back, it's all like common sense. Right. But in the moment, it's, you, you know, it's like the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, uh, which is great. But the kind of the way you put steroids into that uh, in our marriage <laughs> conference was, uh, or, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. It's treat others how they want to be treated because she's not like you. Exactly. And you're not like her. So I made them, you know, I made some mistakes. It was all honest. Honey, it was all honest. You know, it was it was from the heart. I made mistakes. I wasn't uh, mature enough in my development to ask her, what does this look like to you? Because, hey, it's great. I know what it is, but what does it look like? Right. right? So quality time was it. And I was, you know, we got into a thing where for us, having eight kids, having three kids with special needs, you have a very narrow pool of babysitters. And that's understandable because... Who is taught how to babysit wild animals at the zoo? Okay, that and that's kind of like they're what, not like that at all. When they were little, well, okay, I'll give you that. When they were little. I mean, I'll they're give you that. they're closer to a well-oiled machine now. It is. But when they were little, yes, I had a couple friends of mine come over when I had a t-shirt company, and they came to help us get t-shirts set together. Uh huh. Somehow the girls convinced those two guys. That they were just going to leave and go get food and be right back. And this is when the kids, this is like 10 years ago. So we're saying that we have three-year-olds, five-year-olds, and six-year-olds, okay? (laughs) And a baby. So uh, the girls leave, and... The kid, my friend Pete said it was like the kids came out of nowhere and they all bum rushed him and Louie at the same time. And he had a, he had a baby in his uh, left arm and he felt like it was soccer practice and they were all soccer balls. And he was like dancing around trying to like they were trying to wrangle the kids. And I was still at work. I had to get home till later till like uh, right before the girls got home. Right. And I got home and here's the guys and they look. I mean, they just deer in the headlights ain't even it's not even close to describing how they look. And uh, I was hilarious. like, what the heck were you guys thinking? You can't handle this. So that's kind of the way it is when it comes to babysitting. And, and if you could think about it, yeah, yeah. She's giving herself props there for negotiating to leave. That was awesome. Um, no, I'm giving myself props because I could handle it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's she's, true. She's giving props because she can handle it. And I can handle it. <laughs> so, the, so the thing is, is that it can be very intimidating to be one against eight, you know? So your pool of babysitters is really small. And here's what happens in the world of babysitting. As your babysitters start, they graduate high school, then they move away because they get a job and go to college. Exactly. So you're kind of in this constant maneuver of trying to find babysitting. Mm-hmm. So we scored babysitting. And her love language is quality time. So I'm taking her out to the movies all the time. What do you do at the movies? You sit in silence and watch a movie. You get back in the car and you drive home. And I'm thinking, I'm a good boy. I'm giving her quality time, getting her out of the house. And, you know, this is great. Well, it wasn't great because it wasn't quality time. It was my definition of quality time. And that was not feeding her. It was not fulfilling to her. And it came out in a rush of That's not quality time. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not quality time? We're together. And it's like, no, I need you to sit with me. I need you to look me in the eyes. I need you to talk to me. I need need your undivided attention. Right. You know, and after the the offense of 
that dust of offense settles and it's all down, it's like, well, do I want to make it my way? Do I want to turn this woman into me? Or do I want to actually fulfill this woman who I married for a reason? Right. I'm not, I don't need to be converting her into me. So that's what we got. Now, there are, there are long gaps of us not getting, not having babysitters and we don't get time together. Mm -hmm. And that for us is grueling on our marriage because of the dynamics in our home. Exactly. So, you know, uh, I went through a sickness. Um, I hope I'm going to make sense of all this, but I went through a sickness for, you know, basically about two years, which, well, a year, year and a half maybe. And where she had to really take care of everything for me, you know, cause I had my guts cut out. Right. So she had me as a dependent and there is a part of her, unless you disagree that, really thrives on being needed and, you know, being able to take care and nurture, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. someone, especially me, I'm her number one. So when I went back to work, I I was gone because I full went back to work this, this last time I didn't go for half days. I just went right back into work, got promoted, worked in another city full time. And so the dynamics changed. And, you know, we, and I'll let her talk a little bit about what that effect that had on her, but what happened was some, her dad had a medical issue and for a while she had been reading these books on her phone, like constantly reading, reading, reading. And my thought first is like, that's not healthy to be in the room with somebody and feel like you're alone sitting next to that person. And that's how I was feeling. I never said that, but it's how I was feeling. And it's like, but look, you know, and, and I, I'm so analytical or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm, I'm constantly analyzing to try and make sure that all my levels are where they need to be and trying to make sure that she is fulfilled in what she needs. And my reasoning was, before we ever got on the trip, my reasoning was, well, if she's sitting there, she's happy, she's reading, maybe she's okay. I wasn't okay. And instead of just coming straight out and kind of being honest about it, I would make jokes about it, which is the wrong way to handle it (laughs) completely. There's nothing good about making jokes about pain. Because it turns into resentment. Right. Um, so with that, we her father had a health issue, and we drove to Idaho. It's a good 12-hour drive. And times passed, and we'd go to Vegas for the weekend, we'd go to Laughlin or wherever, you know, San Diego or whatever the case is. Quality time was us sitting together, talking about our future, about our dreams, about our kids, about what we wanted to do. Quality time was not number one on my list. Right. I was words of affirmation. That, that, that's me. So I actually got into the, I got into this thing of quality time and I started looking forward to it. Like I said, in episode nine, my thing was when I drive, I love to think and I love to learn. And so I'd like to listen to a podcast while she sleeps or whatever the case is. Cause in, in my heart, I want her to be excited about what I'm listening to. But it's not her thing. It's not for her, no matter what it is. You know, it's just not for her. Right. It's my thing. But I got into this deal where it's like, I cannot wait to go on this long drive with her because we're going to talk. We're going to share some of this quality time. It like rubbed off on me. And so 
you know, fast forward a few months of where she's like constantly reading these books, even when we're together in the same room. And we go to get in there and I'm like, I am completely butt hurt. I'm like holding the butt hurt <laughs> wrestling belt national champion above my head. And instead of just talking to her about it, mm-hmm. I go into the game of analyzing things. And the whole trip up there, I analyzed and was butt hurt. I reasoned within myself the days we were up there and on the way back, I decided that I was going to give this thing a test and say, well, maybe she's just happy and wants to read. I can listen to whatever I want. It's like the best of both worlds. I'm getting fulfilled. She's fulfilled. And if I want to talk, I'm sure she'll stop what she's doing and talk about it. Because she doesn't know what's going on in my head. By now, guys are like, what the heck do you see in this guy? Anyway, um, so I, I did that a few times. And when I would talk, she'd put the book down and we'd talk for a little bit. Uh-huh. And then go back to regular. So in my head, I was like, okay. Um, apparently, what I thought at first, not that she was, you know, I thought she was kind of relenting or, you know, going back. What, what's the word I'm looking for? She was rrr. Reversing? No, she was a rear. Whatever it was, she was kind of going and hiding. I don't remember what the word is. Retreating. Retreating? Retreating is the word I use, and that's the word I was looking for. How are you a kiss? Um, <laughs> let's make it a double. <laughs> um, so she was retreating into her own world. And not only was she retreating, but there was some replacing going on. Mm-hmm. Her quality time was being replaced with something else as an escape because of how she was feeling, and I never asked her about it. Right. So I used all my tools to justify things, and I don't know if it was to make myself feel better or what. But at about 1 o'clock in the morning one morning, this all came out because I couldn't sleep. I was being eaten up over it because she was back in the books, and, it, and something felt off to me. Uh-huh. And I did not know how to approach it. And this is after we did that episode. So I was like, hold on a minute. So with that, that's what brings us here to episode 10, Reality Check. And I, I just hope that you as a listener will honor what we are trying to create here, which is this is not a made-for-TV, everything in life is perfect. Right. This is raw, it's open, it's us really putting our marriage out there to show you that just because you have a podcast doesn't mean that life is perfect. What it means is when you face challenges, you got to be able to work through it, and you have to constantly, like we said in the beginning, you want to maintain your edge. Mm-hmm. And I had lost my edge in some areas simply because I didn't communicate like I knew I was supposed to you know like episode coming up I had those silent expectations those silent things I wanted that I for some reason fell back into the trap of assuming that she knew but how could she so in hindsight looking back can you see or could you answer for yourself um like why why was it that you turn within we, we go within, and once you go within, you go without. 
mm-hmm. because you weren't expressing, you weren't communicating, you weren't doing those things that you know to do. Yeah. So did you find in this journey, did you find why you responded the way that you responded? I, standing in these shoes today, uh-huh. I would say it's because I made it about me instead of allowing her to speak for what it, what was going on with her. I, oh, okay. I, so what I did was I automatically assumed that I was the party that was causing the problem. You were the problem. Maybe I was associated with the problem, mm-hmm. but she's responsible for her actions. And I was making myself responsible for her actions and figuring out how I could fix it. But I didn't know what she was going through. Mm-hmm. I assumed it all based on the past. What's today's tip? <laughs> assume nothing. Assume nothing. Uh, no, no, really. Assume nothing. Absolutely nothing. So um, are you willing to come up and talk a little bit about what you were going through and kind of put it out there? Okay, excellent. We're just going to do a, a little switch where... Yeah, I'm going to step away from the mic. We're, we're only set up for two right now. That's all the ends we got. Future will be a three, four mics, man. We'll be getting <laughs> checked out in this thing. We have mics forever for days. But uh, I'm going to turn it over to, to Jeannie and just let her discuss a little bit about what she was going through. And then uh, we'll do our best to get this episode wrapped up um, when I come back on and we can kind of move through. Right, because I'm sure the listeners are, um, we've all experienced that. It's not like none of us in a relationship have experienced what it is that, you know, you guys um, had just gone through just the last couple of weeks or a month ago. Um, So it's not like it's an unfamiliar, you know, untreaded territory. We all go there. And it's just having the listener, um, having you guys just listen in on, on this is reality. This is marriage. This really is how it is. And this is how you work things through it. You just don't throw the towel in and say we're done because, you know, we just can't get our crap together. Marriage is workable. It is doable. Um, It's just the willingness on each other's part you know, to, to bring stuff to the table and say, this is what I have to give you. So I think as a listener, as you're listening along, you all could probably think, oh yeah, my wife and I have done that. Or, you know, we've gone through there. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. So I don't think it's, you know, we don't have to be perfect. <laughs> right. And and I'm, what I'm hoping to create right before Jeannie gets on the, the mic here, what I'm hoping to create is that I don't, as a guy, I don't really go and talk to people about my marriage. I don't, I don't think we as guys... You know, just to say the majority of us, we're not going out and talking about our marriage to other guys. Where girls have an outlet, it would seem, whether it's mom or best friends, they kind of share that. But for us, that's really nobody's business or problem Mm -hmm. because that kind of opens you up to be vulnerable. Right. You might complain about your wife, but you really share your vulnerabilities or what you're going through. So that to me is what I'm trying to to create for us as guys in this place, just to create a space to allow ourselves to say, Hey man, I'm going through this. Um, and I don't know what to do. So I hope this kind of facilitates that for some growth in us as guys. Right. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll Very hand the much. mic over to you, honey. 
Okay, so you want me to recap from what, when you went back to work and how this all happened? Yeah, yeah, that's Okay, so we went from me being the care provider for you and all the kids and pretty much shouldering most of everything. True. To you got up one morning and you were gone to a regular work day, which normally wouldn't be a big deal. But um, the new position, the driving, it's more time. It's, you know, more consuming because now he's learning new things. He's got all the stuff he has to catch up with. Me being me and knowing our past, you're spending too much time doing these things, but it's a new job and I don't want to be the nagging wife. Right. So um, the home I grew up in and what I've seen in my own marriage, this was the common if. If my mom said something to my dad, it was automatic that she was nagging about something. And if you mentioned it more than twice, all hell broke loose. So, and he and I have had that same thing in our marriage in the past. He's always doing something new and it always took more time and it left me with the kids. Now we've since got past that, but I can't help what triggers a memory to think, okay, this feeling is back. You're busy all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the podcast came up. I love the podcast. I'm glad that he's doing it. But understand where my heart is. My husband is doing something else. Right. And I'm not. And it's not that I want to be center of attention or that I want to be part of what he's doing necessarily, except that that's a day we could be spending a couple hours of quality time. Mm-hmm. And now it's been removed from our schedule. So it, in the beginning, it was rough for me to deal with, but I didn't want to nag him. So... As time went on, this was February, I think, is when things just kind of started getting, okay, well, you're not here. I love to read. I've gotten really into it. I love to write, so I was kind of just putting myself into that. And then he was home, but he was still working. He was bringing his work home with him. And so it's like, okay, you're here, and we're watching a movie together with the kids, and everybody's having dinner, and you're on your computer. (laughs) Okay, well, then I'm going to get on my phone. You're not here, I'm not here, but we're here together, so we're good, right? So that went on for a little while, and then probably around April, we discussed it a couple of times, and we decided, okay, we're going to make some changes. We didn't have any babysitting at the time, so it was, okay, we'll spend time in our room, we'll put the kids here. And then we'll go watch movies in our room. We'll spend some time together, whatever. That didn't work because he would be in the recliner and he's exhausted and he would fall asleep or I'd be laying in the bed and the movie got boring and he doesn't look like he's much into it either. So I'm over here on my phone again. And it's just, we weren't together. We were there, but we weren't together. But I didn't want to say, this is not my version of quality time. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to tell you how to give me quality time when we've had this conversation. Right. Okay, note to self, um, giving reminders is not necessarily a bad thing. Exactly. But I felt bad for it because I felt like I'm going to, you know, I didn't want to piss him off. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make him feel like he's asking me for these things, but he's not asking me the right things. You know, how do I fix this? Duh, you know how to fix this. Sitting right. in a bedroom in a house where I still have eight kids that can come knock on the door at any time. That, that's like being a mom and going to the bathroom. You're not alone. They're still going to come knock on the door. Exactly. You know, I, it's, it, I don't get away from it. So my quality time is I need to be removed from the situation. But where I struggle is he would give me a choice. Do you want to go out tonight? 
Or do you want to stay home and do this? I took that as he didn't want to go out. He wanted me to choose how he should be mm-hmm. spending time with me. Right. I don't like that. It's like telling somebody what to get me for Christmas. I can't tell you what to get me for Christmas. Use your imagination. Figure it out. Right. <laughs> He's laughing because it's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not that person. But what ended up coming out of it is I started withdrawing myself so far that I could be in a room with him and I'm perfectly content. But he wasn't. And he wasn't telling me. Right. And then by the time it actually all came out at one o'clock in the morning, it was huge. And I didn't realize he had these feelings. He didn't realize that I felt like I was alone. So I just made up for it. But as we kind of started going back to it, it's like, you know, I'm here, but I'm alone. So if I'm going to be alone, I'm going to entertain myself. But he didn't know that. And I wasn't really wanting to go putting through the it out fi- there. I want to go through the fight of it. Mm-hmm. This is something that we go through. It, it's kind of like that stupid mountain and you just go around it and you go around it. And every time we get to the front of it, it's like, seriously, again, really? So I, I just, and I didn't want to argue with him. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't do well with conflict. We don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm very filtered in what I say in conflict because as we found out the other night, we had another one of these conversations and I used a certain term because it was the first thing that came to my thought on how I felt. And it hit him like a ton of bricks and it just, he couldn't get off of it. And I had to sit there and try to figure out, okay, how do I fix this? Because it's not what you're thinking I meant by it, but it's just the first thing that came to mind on, on how I could say it. Mm-hmm. So then you have to backtrack, which is, you know, 10 times better when you're in an argument because now you have to try and go back and, and erase what you just caused him to go through and try to start over again. And I'm a woman. It doesn't always work that way. If Mm -hmm. you said something and it's stuck, it's stuck and I can't help it. So yeah, we're not real good at this yet. Um, But what we did figure out is I'm a control freak. (laughs) But the one thing I do not like control of is my quality time with you. If you're going to spend quality time with me, you need to tell me, okay, I've, we've got a babysitter. I'm picking you up. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to go do this. Tell me what I'm doing and I'm good to go for the rest of the day because I know it's coming and I, and I know there's probably some guys that are like, oh my God, if I have to tell my wife how to do everything, she's going to flip her cookie. And it's true. If you told me how to clean my kitchen and put things where they need to go, I would flip my cookie because <laughs> this is my space. Get out of it. But when it comes to my quality time... I need him to take charge of him wanting to spend time with me Mm -hmm. and knowing how I need that time and then making the plan for it. Right. It's kind of like when he wanted to do a weekend getaway, he would call me, can you get a babysitter for us to do this, this, and this? And then my brain goes into, I've got to get a babysitter. I've got to get the schedule set. I've got to make sure we've got food in the house. All these things that I have to do. And it's not a bad thing. It's just overwhelming and on top of that okay now I have to get in the headspace of we're going away for a weekend I don't get in that headspace very easily so the last time he made arrangements for us to go somewhere first thing he says is I've got a babysitter you've learned we're gonna go here for the weekend I've got a babysitter this is what the babysitter needs can you just handle this perfect I know my to-do list and I'm going. He's giving himself props. But without that, 
if I have the choice in it, I, I have so many things to balance that I can't make a decision. And right. I suck at saying, I need you, you need to do this. this. As a mom of so many and having taken care of him for the last two years, I've deferred myself completely out of the equation. And it's not healthy. It's not what I should be doing. But it was the only way I knew to deal because I didn't have time to go through the emotions. I didn't have time to go through. With survival mode. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know that mode way too well. And it's very easy to click back into it. Yes. And that's what's happened here is, well, I'm not getting my quality time. So I'm just going to survive on what I know. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when we have the conversation about it, now we're getting in the place we're finding. We had a, a moment the other night where it was just, it was really bad. We just, for whatever reason, communication just completely stopped. down. <laughs> and both of us are just looking at each other going, okay, screw it. Never mind. We'll just, we'll deal with it later. Worst thing we could have done. Three days later, we're hashing it out. And it's like, why didn't we just do this when it happened? Because he thought he was doing something to help me. I thought I was doing something to help him. And both of us were totally wrong on both sides of the coin. And then it screwed this both of us. This is such a good setup for the next episode. It totally screwed both of us for the whole, like for three days. It made a crappy day at work 10 times worse for him because then he didn't feel like we had our connection. Right. So he didn't have his quality from me. His needs weren't met. I thought they were. They weren't. He's standoffish, so I'm not getting my stuff. It's like, right. oh, this is Isn't just Isn't that such a vicious a circle mess. once you get in it? It's a mess. So now we're just like, okay. And then it's like, okay, we're going to do the podcast on this. Lovely. <laughs> Let's just put all our stuff out there. <laughs> well, that's what you're here for. You have all the questions that we don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at now is, is navigating through it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I thank you for sharing because a lot of people um, wouldn't have, I don't want to say the guts, but um, to come into a studio and say, hey, we're going to put it all out there because I believe this is probably a good amount of marriages going through what you just described, both of you, on, you know, on both parts, you know, a man's version and a woman's version of this is what even though this is the subject at hand, but this is how I saw it. And this is how I saw it. And I think what you guys share is a lot of the feelings, a lot of the thought process, a lot of silent expectations and assuming. And that is just an antidote for, um, disaster combustion. <laughs> right. And you know, I, I think the lessons, because I'm always looking for a lesson right. in, a, in a situation, and I don't want to be podcast Quincy to my wife, but I have to run through these types of things so that I can better learn how to understand her. And when we were talking about a week ago, mm -hmm. and she said, well, when he says this, which is we made a commitment, then she gets into a different mode. Right. So I have to remember that when I, and it's always easier, like I was telling her during this argument, it's always easier to handle the little bit of pain on the front side than the amount of pain you walk yourself into. Yes. If you, if you constantly are trying to avoid that little bit of, of pain, it's like what Jim Rohn said on, on a couple of uh, episodes ago, you know, discipline is measured right. in ounces. Regret is measured in tons. And when you get to the point of saying, 
what are we doing here? Why, you know, why is this happening? It's because you don't, I mean, you don't want to be nitpicky, right? but you just want to be open enough and have the courage to address something at an appointed time. Mm-hmm. Like you and Bill used to do Mondays to air your, right. your grievances. Right. And, and maybe that's the time, but, and, you know, and like my question was to you, it's like, am I supposed to take this, pro, you know, prod the bear until the rage comes out approach to say, I know something's wrong. Um, but she helped me by saying, you have to remind me of the commitment I made that I'm all in. And that's where that really helped me because then it feels like a lot of pressure on me to actually get you to be truthful with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all kinds of things that came out of this. It's like, okay, here's an area that I didn't know was going on. She did not speak up. I noticed something. I didn't speak up. I just started to analyze what it was instead of stopping, assuming nothing, asking a question, and then us working through a small pain point as opposed to waiting two months for an eruption. And I guess that's the biggest lesson. I mean, I'd like to just keep talking about this for the next hour, you know. Um, I don't know that it would be a service or value to the people that are listening, but... um, the biggest takeaway from this is that, you know, you, you really, you really have to be committed to understanding where your partner is and not assuming that they remember everything. I'm pretty good at remembering things systematically, but life happens. Right. So sometimes you might forget, you know, and you might need reminding. I mean, I am a guy. I need reminding, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, yeah, so does she. So, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons that the listener, you, the listener can learn in this episode. And, you know, I hope that it's been a value to you. Uh, I hope it's been something you can look at and say, wow, they're, (laughs) they're really putting it all out there for an opportunity for my benefit so that maybe you can realize or recognize something and uh, and know that just because we have a podcast, everything is not perfect. Right. And that's okay. It's okay. It's like it's like I heard at church the other day. You know, God made man. He said it was good. He never said it was perfect. Life is messy, right? Yeah. But if you're committed to doing life together, just keep getting better. That You know, that's my message there. I hope... I hope there's a good takeaway from you here, and uh, then maybe we'll take a few minutes to discuss what our next episode will be about. Any, that sounds good. You got anything else to, to leave our peeps with? No, I think I think it's um, important to remember to revisit those things that you guys are committed to, because I know just... Um, because I had the opportunity to coach you guys in your marriage. And I know that was the big question is like, you have to be all in. There is no such thing as I'm just going to give, you know how you people say like, you give 50%, I'll give 50%. That makes a hundred percent. And then we're good. No, you're all, all in is 100% of you. And sometimes you do need a reminder of that to remind each other that, Hey, we said we're all in. Cause life does get in the way things happen and, 
and um, you're going through these things and you, it's not like you forget on purpose. It just, you just need to be reminded, get back on that ground, that ground level that you both are in agreement. Yes, this is what we agreed upon. And this is how we're going to move forward to that. Now for you listeners, this just didn't happen overnight. This, this was a process of talking and getting to that place to say, um, you guys really had to do some deep, um, soul searching within yourself and to forgive and to let go and talk about things that weren't talked about for years. I mean, um, to get to that place to say, okay, I'm all in. So, so us sharing today and, and, um, and being open and being honest and just being genuine to this is marriage. These things do happen, but it's getting back together and working together on it and not, and not separating yourself where you go back into a deeper place of disengagement, a deeper place of you're um, disconnected more and more where instead of two months, then it's years and then you're looking at each other asking, how the heck did we end up here? That's, nobody ever wants to get to that place. So I commend both of you for, for putting into practice. It may be like what you guys think a slow thing, like, okay, we didn't recognize it right up front. But my gosh, you did recognize it. But we remembered, he remembered the two tools that work for me. One is when we first started all this mess, I had to give him permission and he had to give me permission exactly. to ask you, even if it pisses me off yep. and he'll tell you, I'm the first person when you question me, that's the first reaction you get because my brain goes to, what do you mean? What I do wrong? <laughs> right. And it, it's not intentional. It's something that's me, mm -hmm. but I gave him permission to ask me those questions. And then I gave you permission. Right. So I have two people that I'm accountable to, to say, okay, something's off. But the other thing that he's had to learn and I gave him the permission to do is say those key things like, hey, you remember we said we were all in. You promised me this because in all honesty, eight kids, homeschooling, autism, yeah. you know, jobs, marriage, all these things. I forget and put things on the back burner a lot because it's not right in front of me that exactly. second. But what's not right in front of me might be tearing him apart. Exactly. So him coming to me and saying, okay, wait, you told me we were going for good, better, best. You promised me this. So I need you to know this is what's going on. That switches my mind mm -hmm. off of everything else. It's my responsibility today to switch to, okay, I have to, I might not like it. Right. It's, it's a lot of times it comes out ugly, but I still have to give him the opportunity to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And I got to figure out how to get through it. Right. And it is a choice. Everything is a choice. It is a choice to either say, uh, screw you, I'm not going to do this today, or, okay, I got to engage this. But he allows me that. Mm -hmm. There are some days where I can just say, you know what, I, I cannot have this conversation with you right now. Right. And he, it, it, it sucks, but at least I don't leave him hanging and we go, okay, so tomorrow, this is what we're going to do when I get home and we're going to deal with the kids with this and then we're going to hit this. And it gives me enough time to at least... Mm -hmm get through all my other junk and have time to really think about it and how I want to go about discussing it. Right. Cause sometimes it might not be the easiest conversation. 
You yeah. know, you get into intimate stuff and that's that that takes like a couple of days to really <laughs> to process it process before you go there because I still need to be that soft spot. Mm-hmm. He still needs to be that soft spot. And sometimes those are really hard places to go. Right. So well, kudos to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, and, and just to just to finish it up, and I know our producer She's out today, and uh, I know I'm going to really get in trouble because we're well over the 30-minute mark. But I, I feel like this is a therapy session here, a coaching session. Um, that's why the last time we were arguing, I couldn't let it go. I had to keep not rehashing it, but just making sure that we were both able to explain where we were coming from trying to use the tools, you know, like I said, not going podcast Quincy on Jeannie. Right. But trying to use the tools to understand, because she said a a word or a phrase that it devastated me. Mm -hmm. It's not what she meant, but she didn't have another phrase for it. Right. And she's like, you're stuck on this. But so let me, let me explain to you why I'm stuck on this. Because I, I could never imagine myself doing this to you. Right. And it's hard for me to hear. And she says, well, okay, basically that's fair. So I'm going to change what I said. So, cause I don't mean what you heard the tools. We were using the tools that we've been given, but sometimes it takes a long, a little longer for the tools to work. Right. You can't just try to use the tool once and because you don't get the desired result, throw it on the ground exactly. and give up. It's a process. Mm -hmm. She is her own living, breathing entity. And I am mine. So you have to remain dedicated to not being right, but to what is right for you and your relationship. And that, as long as you have that goal there and you're able to communicate and you give each other room to be stupid... Because it happens, right, honey? It happens. It does. You know? Because um, when you're hurt, you're hurt. I'm, I'm a man, okay? But I was hurt. But you give each other that room. You start to build something beautifully. I can't imagine having this argument we had the other night, discussion, whatever you want to call it, five years ago, before this coaching. I couldn't imagine it. So yeah. we would, like she said, off mic, we would still be in silent mode to this day. Several days later, both getting deeper and deeper in resentment. Yeah. And that resentment is, is like, it becomes, it, it, it almost becomes unbreakable without real help. Because then you make choices. Mm-hmm. Once resentment's involved, then you make conscious right. decisions. And that person becomes your enemy on some levels and they become what they become is the object of your frustration. Exactly. And then they can't say, they can give you a compliment that sounds like criticism. So be just be willing. It's all what it's taken five years to create this dude. We said this in the beginning, you got to be willing to do work. Okay. And yeah, it's hard, but so what? Life is hard. You don't give up. Right. You don't. What you do is you understand why you made this commitment and you let 
hell come against it, but you stand on why you came to this commitment and then you move forward. You don't give up because it's hard. It's not acceptable. Your love is worth more than that. Exactly. Your commitment is worth more than that. Your bond to your best friend, your desired outcome is worth more than giving up because the tool doesn't work or you don't know what to say. Because you only tried it once. That's it. We can't, we can't do that. So, you know, you, like in football, they say, you got to take what the defense gives you. So just make small progress, but understand what the ultimate goal is here and don't fight to be right, but fight to fight for what's right for your relationship. Right. (sighs) That's about all I got for that one. Is Is that a good place to stop? I think so. Okay. So, hey, if you want to reach out to us, please do so. You can reach out to us on email, manvsmarriagepodcast at gmail.com. That's man, V like Victor, S like Sam, marriagepodcast at gmail.com. So man versus marriage podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which I don't remember right now. Gosh, I feel like a goon. Isn't it the same? Man versus marriage podcast. Yeah, it's the same. Thank you, Rita. Thanks, Coach. Um, Twitter, I believe it's at uh, MVSM. Um, and that we, we're really starting to kick in on our social media right now. So, you know, we're in, I don't want to date this, but we're in the 31 days of Merry Tipsmas. So we got tips coming out, but I don't want to date it. So anyway, reach out to us, email us, uh, join the Facebook page, and really... Um, let us help you help me help you right that's the jerry Maguire thing help me help you (laughs) show me the money show me the money (laughs) all right okay well have a fantastic rest of your day night weekend afternoon whatever it is guys and we will be back for another episode of man versus marriage